This is a Triple J podcast. Pip is stressed today. Yeah, I'm not feeling 100 because I've been... What's going on? ...frantically trying to clean my house before a house inspection. Oh, God, I love being a renter. Don't we all? Don't we absolutely love it? I Having to clean in the slats of your (laughs) aircon. Yes, I actually did that. (laughs) No, I actually cleaned like the air ducts of the like central heating. I'm like... Doing the oh the gardening the gardening's oh the my worst God. part. I got an agro email with my last one saying oh, that we didn't really? clean inside the uh, oven for an inspection. <laughs> yeah, I was like, excuse you, we have never asked you for anything. Bitch, that's a bond clean. They shouldn't be asking yep. that. God damn it! <laughs> I hate this place. Anyway, sorry. That's that's your temperature check. I'm that's trying not at. to bring the negative energy. Like, look, look, I'm gonna let it go. I feel like this episode is gonna be a little neg. Yeah, probably. Like, it's kind of traumatic for a lot of people. Yeah, especially me. Yeah. I have been dealing with UTIs all this year. And like we spoke in the last couple of episodes, it's been a couple of huge weeks. Yeah. A lot of partying for both of us, which has kind of caused a bit of a flare up for me. I'm just getting UTIs because I think my like immune system's like, what's going on? No. Yeah, but this has been honestly like a 12-month journey. I've been by your side holding your bladder, um, wee measuring instruments, <laughs> holding your hair back. Holding my hair, <laughs> running on air when I have to run to the toilet. Oh, my God. No, it's a full thing. And so, you know, we figured it's time. We yes. need to address this. We want to do a really big episode on what is this, why do so many people suffer it, and how can we help you with it? Because- yeah. And if even if you've never had a UTI before, you should definitely listen to this episode because it's so common. So if you have a partner now, we have a partner in the future, like they are probably going to deal with this and your support's going to be needed. So make sure you listen in. Also, P.S., if you have a penis, you can get a UTI, bitch. So <laughs> mic drop. Sorry. Negative again. Where do you go? <laughs> Now, Dee, obviously I've been by your side throughout this journey. Mm-hmm. I've learned along the way, but I think this episode is you, babes. Like, <laughs> I need you to, like, teach me and anyone else who's listening. So, Unfortunately, my brain is just, like, half memes and half UTI info. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm so happy to do that. I've, like, learned way too much. I wish I didn't need to know all of this stuff, but here we are. Um, but, yeah, if you don't know what a UTI is, it's a urinary tract infection. It's when bacteria gets into your urethra, your bladder. Sometimes when it gets really bad, uh, it gets into your kidneys, and that's when you, you will need to go to hospital. That's when you start peeing out blood. Oof. It's the worst. Um, UTIs usually happen from sex because there's like a lot of friction. There's a lot of fluids. It's like bacteria. Uh, a common reason why you can get UTIs is like bacteria from your butthole, <laughs> your nope. asshole, your asshole. Um, can move towards like your where you pee, your urethra. Yeah. Um, and that's how it gets into your urinary tract. So I guess for this episode, let's maybe focus on UTIs from sex because obviously duh, we're a sex show. A hundred percent. So we'll try and like focus around that. But, yes. you know, we're going to open up this huge book. There's many chapters. Yeah. So strap in. Pip, I feel like this is a bit of a like um, support group. It's like, do you remember your first one? Hi, I'm Pip and I remember my first UTI. No. My first time. What was your first UTI? <laughs> it's funny because we need to address the fact that you're even saying like, what was it? It wasn't even... Have, Have you, you had, had one? one? No. No, like it's guaranteed. Um, yes, my first UTI was actually during um, my arts exam 
during the HSE, the written test. And I was like, what the hell? I was in year 12. Obviously, I was just like, never felt this kind of pain, this discomfort. I was like, oh my God, I thought there was something seriously wrong. Um, and it was really hard because I was in an exam. So I wasn't about to be like raising the hand, being like, um, excuse me, miss, I need to pee, but there's nothing coming out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Did you know what it was though? Um, I had an inkling because I had a friend growing up um, who had constant UTI right. problems and bladder issues, which I'm like, where is she now? Is she okay? <laughs> Pretty like, no. Yeah, like she was really unwell with it. So yeah, I kind of had an inkling, but um, luckily I went to the doctor, I got mm. myself sorted and it went away pretty quickly. But I, do you have a first memory? Oh, I remember like I was doing long distance with my first boyfriend when I was like six, 17, 18 and I would have to, it was a three hour drive and I'd have to pull over and just like like pee on the side of the road because I was in so much pain. Like it was like I'd every like five, ten minutes of driving trying to get there was so – it took such a long time because I was constantly having to pull over. Like I remember that. And I specifically remember a really, really bad one I had in Morocco one time. I was in a hostel and it just came on all of a sudden and I was like on the floor literally peeing out blood. Like – it was so traumatic. And because I was in Morocco, like there's no way I could just go to a GP and get <laughs> antibiotics. Like it just wasn't a thing. Yeah, you weren't about to. Yeah. So that was like traumatizing. Dude. Yeah. But if you've never had one before, it just basically it feels like you const- – like some of the symptoms. Some people can have UTIs and not have any. Mm. But some of the common symptoms are like you constantly need to pee or feel like you need to pee. It's like stinging, pain, razor blade pain, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's really, really bad. And some people get like soreness, right, like as mm. well. Like it's just like a general sore feeling that feels different from period pain. Like back pain. That's yeah. when it might be in your kidneys. You can have a temperature and like the peeing blood stuff. That's when it's really bad. Exactly. So obviously we needed to get some experts in to help us with this. Dr. Bryony Norris is a urologist and a urological surgeon. And, yeah, we asked her about how common it is exactly? Up to half of women will experience one UTI in their lifetime and uh, nearly a third, so about a quarter to a third, will have more than one or recurrent urinary tract infections. And uh, like a recurrent urinary tract infection is any more than two in six months or three in a year. Yeah, so we're going to mainly focus quite a bit in this episode on recurrent and chronic UTIs because so many of you have had just the worst debilitating time dealing with them. When I was like 18, I was getting really bad UTIs pretty consistently to the point where, yeah, I was almost like wetting myself, having to close shop like by myself. Yeah, and it was pretty bad. So naturally I went to the doctors and they just kept giving me the same antibiotics and increasingly strong painkillers and they were like just make sure that you go to the bathroom after sex and I don't know drink cranberry juice like it was it was really not helpful in the slightest and I suffered for a really long time. A UTI isn't just a small inconvenience it's something that has affected my sex life because I get so anxious afterwards it's affected my work because if I have one I need to leave early to get antibiotics and it's also affected you know how I look at myself because if I'm getting a UTI does that mean that I'm unclean? I've been suffering with recurring UTIs ever since I was 17. I was hospitalized three times with kidney infections in March, April and May. There was definitely a stage there where I was really upset about it. I thought that I wouldn't be able to have a sex life at all because I would get a UTI even just from playing with myself, like no toys, no insertion, clean hands, just clit play 
and bam, the next day I'd get a UTI. So I just thought, wow, I'm never gonna be able to have sex again. So my UTI experience started off when I was a kid and it wasn't until I was uh, having intercourse um, where I was guaranteed UTIs. Uh, I would be on monthly courses of antibiotics where it got to a point where I put my foot down and asked for more investigations with the GP. Uh, and then they referred me to a women's health specialist where she was in shock that it hadn't been brought up sooner. Uh, so she ordered me a s ultrasound kidneys and then they found something there and led to a CT um, contrast of the kidneys and they saw that I had some uretic duct scarring, which causes backflow of the urine and bacteria buildup, which is irritated by intercourse. I'm not going to lie, it's kind of heartbreaking to hear, but like truly, I know we say this a lot, but we had so many people reach out about this. We're having conversations in the DMs on our Instagram, at Triple J, the hookup, just talking mm. to people about their different experiences because they're so varied. But yeah, just an onslaught of young women dealing with this right now. I was shocked. It felt really validating, mm. I have to say. Like so many people were talking about the anxiety that they were feeling about sex and talking about the fact that they were like dealing with it for years and years and years. Um, so, yeah, just it just proves like how big of an issue this is. Right. Let's get into some medical facts in this chat. I want to know a bit about the science behind like why exactly does a UTI happen? I get like a general gist in terms of like bacteria, like E. coli, but why does that get mixed up in our bits? Yeah, totally. Well, here's Dr. Bryony to explain. The bacteria that normally cause urinary tract infections are ones that just come from our gut. So they come from our intestine and they just normally happily live around our perineal skin, which is that's the sort of skin that we sit on there and all around our vulva. They all sort of live there happily and usually don't cause a problem, but it's when equilibrium gets changed and then the bacteria, and particularly for women, we've got short urethras. So it's a hop, skip and a jump really for those bacteria to find their way into the bladder. And when the conditions are right, that's when the bacteria can grow and attach to the lining of the bladder and then cause a urinary tract infection. You know, we get those classic symptoms of, uh, of burning that keen razor blades type of feeling, that sort of lower abdominal pain, um, going to the toilet frequently, urgently, all of those sorts of things. The thing that I've always like struggled to wrap my head around is if it's only about bacteria, right, and it's like the things you said, the fluid, the, the shit getting to the wrong places, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, friction or whatever, we're all doing that. Like most of us are having sex, so why are some people more susceptible to getting them than others? Did you get this answer, D? Why? It's kind of frustrating because, like, it's all circumstantial. Like, mm. it could be so many different factors. It could be cross-contamination with some of the products you're using, like the lubes and sex, um, like not wiping correctly, oh, like girl, not being hygienic. Back to front. nuh -uh. We <laughs> no. want front to back, babe. Yeah, like the irritation stuff could be a big no-no is like using wipes and like FemFresh, like those products. Oh, I hope no one who's listening to this podcast does that. I'm sure that no one does. But, they, you know, if you are, please don't because I know that specialists say don't do that. It can completely irritate your urethra. Um, things like tight clothing. Um, oh, yeah. To, also a tight pelvic floor. That can really irritate your bladder. We're going to talk about this heaps a bit later on in the episode. Something that I feel like you've picked up along your journey is just like having a really weak immune system. Like you were saying before, out drinking, partying, your, your immune system's down, bam, UTI. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, well, definitely if your immune system is, you know, completely out the window, like, of course, you're more likely to get colds, you're more likely to get fleas, you're more likely because your body is trying to battle all the other stuff anyway. So if all of a sudden then a little bit of bacteria gets near the urethra, and normally that would be fine because your body would deal with it, but your immune system is really lowered, tight pelvic floor, all the things, you're exhausted, you're dehydrated, you're all the stuff, like it creates a bit of a perfect storm. So one of those things won't necessarily mean you get a UTI. Like you haven't had enough water today, bam, UTI. No, not really. But if it's that perfect storm of all the stuff, you might be going, why am I always getting these UTIs and I'm run down and all these other things and you start to list the symptoms. That's Lauren French. You've probably heard her before on The Hookup. She's our bestie. Uh, She's a sexologist. She also said, yeah, things like even a menstrual cup. You know, like inserting certain things. There's so many different causes. Right. So if you are feeling like all the symptoms that we said earlier, like the pain, the stinging, razor blades, etc., head to the GP straight away. Obviously, that's Mm. your first port of call. If they reckon it is a UTI, they're probably going to get you to do a urine test. Yeah, they'll probably get you to do a bunch of tests. They'll be like, is it an STI? Is it thrush? Is it all these things? You'll do a urine test. Um, Most likely it'll come back positive. You'll have bacteria and they'll be like, yep, antibiotics, this will help. It'll go away. But they even give you antibiotics before it comes back because they've got to send it to the lab. Yeah. Half the time they're just like, here's the test, pee in a cup, here's your anti-bees, good luck, babe. Yeah. And they're like, out the door, next. Next. At least that's for me because I'm bulk bill because I'm poor. <laughs> but anyway, that's but, usually what happens. Yeah. And what we were saying before about why so many things can happen, like a weakened immune system, Uh, like using the wrong products, like having too much sex, friction, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Bryony also said that because you get prescribed antibiotics, you end up in a bit of a cycle, right, a bit of a nasty cycle where you're on antibiotics and then that destroys your good bacteria. And this is something that might keep you getting UTIs. Antibiotics are great at killing all bacteria, including all the good ones that normally happily fight off the bad bacteria that comes from our gut that cause UTIs. And so when that happens, then you're slightly, you know, you're a bit more susceptible to getting another one. So it's sort of balancing all of those things as well. And, you know, this is why some people reckon that they're allergic to their partners because it's recurring with this same person. I know you Mm. for a while were like, is it? This person? Yeah, I was like, should I dump him? <laughs> like, you were seriously... I was seriously like, you may I have think been considering. we're not compatible with what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, but you're so right. Like, this insane cycle of, like, lowered immune system, no good bacteria because you're constantly taking antibiotics. It keeps happening with the long your long-term partner or the person you're exclusively sleeping with, so then your brain just goes, oh, well, it must be them, when really it's kind of like this perfect storm of all of the above, right? Mm-mm-mm. And we actually asked sexologist Lauren French, and she said there's also a mental component that comes along with this, you know, regarding, like, sexual pain, because a lot of you told us that you just couldn't bear the thought of having sex because you were so uncomfortable or incomplete agony, which I completely understand. That's, like, the last thing on your mind. Um, but, yeah, it can be really hard because you are chronically dealing with this pain and then your brain is just assuming that sex with your special person (laughs) every time you do it is gonna end up with you hurting and getting a UTI. We assume that okay I'm going into a new relationship and I know that I normally get UTIs in a beginning of a relationship. I'm going into my first sexual experiences with this person with the assumption that it's going to cause pain and discomfort and it's not going to be pleasant for me. And so I have that mental setup where my body is prepared. Now, a lot of people don't realise this, but particularly if you're a person with a vagina and 
you're preparing for pain, your pelvic floor will tense. It will literally like, almost like if I was going to throw a pen in someone's eye, you blink, right? Because you don't want a pen in your eye. So if your body thinks that you're about to have something in your vagina or near your vagina that's going to hurt, everything tenses. And that tension can cause the pain itself as well. And then it becomes this cycle of pain because it's like your brain goes, okay, sex is going to hurt because it's a new person and I normally get UTIs and it's just going to be rough. And so then you go to the bedroom or the couch or the shower or wherever you're having sex and your brain starts going, all right, great, this is getting to the point it's going to be hurt and going to be painful. Pelvic floor tenses, everything tenses, everything's then painful. Signals back to your brain to go, yep, see, told you, this was going to hurt, it did hurt, continues. That actually like makes so much sense when you hear it mm-hmm. because that is the experience. Like every time I have sex now, I just go, like my brain just goes, oh, is it going to, is it going to not, at, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you constantly, you're anxious, you're like, I need to pee straight away. If I don't pee straight away, blah, blah, blah. Like, so that makes so much sense, but only when you hear it. Like, I didn't know that that would be happening. Yeah. And the pelvic floor stuff too. And also you only just learnt not too long ago about pelvic floor. Lauren yes. actually was like, you need to get this checked out. So we are going to cover that in this episode. So stay tuned. It's coming very, very soon. But I think first we've gone over the causes, a lot of the symptoms, but what can you actually do to help yourself and alleviate that pain? Let's get into it right now. We kind of mentioned this before, but usually the first thing you do when you get a UTI, if you are waiting for a GP, is uh Google. Yes, Dr. Google. The amount of times it's like midnight and I'm in so much pain and I'm on my phone just being like, what the fuck can I do? (laughs) Always have emergency urol. Oh, definitely. Uh, UTI people get urol. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you've got to have it stashed. Have you ever done anything that's like really weird? Like you read like an old wives tale and they were like, hey, try this. Garlic. One time it was so bad. I just went into the pantry and ate like a million cloves of garlic. Like just oh. ate raw dog them, raw dog the fuck out of them, and it didn't help. But I was like, oh fuck that, waiting for a GP for like two days. I can already taste that in my mouth. That's foul. <laughs> so obviously antibiotics helps a lot of people, but apart from that, you know, Doctor Bryony told us like honestly, give everything a go. You want to try everything, and you want to ta- tailor it to the specific person so definitely seeing your gp uh about about the best treatment for it particularly when it comes to antibiotics um because we don't want everyone on antibiotics all the time because of it kills off all the good bacteria and it also you know runs a risk of resistance as well so it's trying to find the right balance for you and what's going to to prevent it obviously they need to be treated but we don't want people on uh long-term antibiotics willy-nilly like we're saying there's a whole list on google what are the main things that people are talking about to try and prevent UTIs? Cranberry, obviously. Yes. People I think number one. always say drink cranberry juice. And I think I've seen this so many times online. I swear there are some people who are like, there's not really that much evidence to back whether it's good, but Dr. Briney says she does back it. Yes. So not so much cranberry juice, although there was a study um, done, what we call like a meter analysis published earlier this year by Cochrane, which is this independent research organization that has a look at all the studies in this space. And, you know, the evidence is, 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 a, is it's not perfect, obviously, but it does show that in women that are getting recurrent urinary tract infections, cranberry containing products of which capsules, 
you know, I don't generally recommend juice because it often has uh, a lot of sugar in it. So I find that cranberry capsules are better with high dose of cranberry, but it can reduce the incidence of a culture proven symptomatic recurrent urinary tract infection in, in women, in, in some kids, not so much in, in older women um, and in others where there might be a neurological cause, but it, it can, it's certainly worthwhile. So, you know, taking, taking cranberry supplements isn't going to hurt. Um, but you know, it's just choosing the right preparation that's for you. Okay. Capsules rather than juice. Got it. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's good to know. I'd prefer a capsule. The juice oh the juice is no, kinda juice yum. Is it as is a, yummy. As a body and but it doesn't feel go. real. Like it's it just is like cordial. Yeah, true. It, like, it doesn't feel like it's gonna cure something medically for me. That's why you're like, yay. <laughs> It's fun. Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> um, if you're a Reddit UTI TikTok girly, which you're, you in, are. Which you're in the comment threads, you're in the <laughs> bloody chats, uh, Demon Nose is a really huge recommendation from people. Uh, it's also a capsule that you can take. It's like a supplement. Um, it's basically naturally found in sugars and Briny backed it. I was like, oh, okay, because I've had a few GPs be like, hmm. Not really, but, yeah, she was like, definitely give it a go. Uh, it stops the bacteria attaching to the wall of the bladder, and so it can it can help prevent that sort of, you know, infection. So I certainly recommend my patients take that as well. Actually, one time, it actually happened this year, not even that long ago, I drank my way out of a UTI. I reckon I bottled like five liters in my body and flushed it out, and I went to the doctor and I was like, I think it's gone, and then they gave me the antibiotics anyway. Um, which is good. But yeah, we put it to Dr. Bryony and she does recommend drinking heaps of water. Women who are, are, are not drinking enough because um, it, it, you just don't flush out that bacteria. Our body's pretty good. You know, we've got our bladder can store it. And as long as we can empty well and flush it through with that sort of funnel shaping drain. And, you know, we've got all the good lactobacilli there to fight off the bad E. coli, so to speak, um, that it should, it should help to prevent urinary tract infection. So it's when something gets a miss in all of those that then we find problems. Like we've been banging on, antibiotics are amazing, but obviously in moderation because it does kill your good bacteria. Uh, and despite the lack of evidence, Dr. Bryony says probiotics are a great idea. Replenishing the good, uh, you know, the vaginal flora, particularly if you've been on and off antibiotics, is a good thing. So getting a probiotic from the chemist, um, as long as it has a good amount of lactobacilli in there, is is worthwhile, particularly if you've been on and off antibiotics for a period of time. Something that I've been taking for the past six months has is a drug called Hiprex. Uh, it basically neutralizes or lowers the pH level of your pee and makes it less acidic. Obviously, go and talk to your GP before taking medical advice from us. But Dr. Briney said this is a vibe. There is some really good evidence with Hiprex taken twice daily. Um, uh, uh, for prevention and that's something many urologists will start when they see patients with recurrent urinary tract infections so it's uh, it, it works pretty much as good as continuous low-dose antibiotics there's some studies that have found so you know that's taken twice a day some people can find it a bit irritating on the on the tummy but that's certainly one of the first steps that most patients will be put on to prevent their recurrent urinary tract infections because it stops it breaks that cycle for antibiotics so, you know, you still may get breakthroughs, but um, no, it's, it's, it's excellent and there's good data to support that. Yeah. 
So like we said before, so many of you have told us about how you're so anxious about sex now that you've been experiencing chronic UTIs. Let's just normalize the fact that, of course, it would be hugely anxiety driven and depressing and all the things because you have this brand new partner that you're excited about and really enjoying and you probably have huge chemistry going out the window because it's the beginning of the relationship and the sex just sucks because there's pain and there's UTIs and there's all this sort of stuff so it's really normal it's unfortunately common but when you're in that space you're in a pain cycle and I often work with people around how do we get to a pleasure cycle okay I love this this is where I'm at with my anxiety Uh, If you're like, what the fuck is a pleasure cycle? Basically, it's trying to find ways through sex and and make it pleasurable again. So like retraining your brain a bit. So like if you're like, oh, my God, sex equals pain, you have to try and do things that remind you that sex is actually pleasurable. So how do you do that? Like we need to actually pause the pain cycle. The easiest way to do that is to actually stop having penetrative sex. And people go and it's like, oh, no, that's like all sex. If that's all sex, we need to talk about that anyway because there's much more to sex than, you know, penis and vagina or anything in vagina. Uh, but we need to stop that because we've got to stop that cycle from happening. Easiest way, we'll pull that bit out. Then we've got to start a pleasure cycle. And so that is actually working out what's the outer course that is pleasurable? What's the other sexual spaces that we can look at? Where's the nipple play? Where's the, you know, other erogenous zones we can explore with our partner so that our brain starts to recognise, oh, I'm with this new person and we're being sexual and it's good and it's fun and it's pleasurable. And start slow. Don't have to go, okay, well, we were doing this, so let's do oral or let's do this or let's get all the toys out. Like, actually, let's do small pleasure moments. Let's do a makeout session. Let's do some, you know, those kind of moments to start that pleasure cycle. Something that can happen, and it's what has happened to me, is you go to the GP, you do the P tests, and the P tests keep coming back negative. Um, and this is something that's super common. Yeah, we actually had a DM from Amy uh, telling us this exact experience. So when I was like 15, I started getting these chronic UTIs that just wouldn't go away with ural or any of the other over-the-counter treatments. So I went to my doctor, the only doctor in like the small rural town, and he was like, you sound like you have a UTI, we'll do some tests. And basically... Over the course of the next six months, I did about 20 um, urinary tract infection tests and none of them ever came back positive, but my symptoms never went away. I was in like excruciating pain, like I had to take so much time off work and school. It basically just like ruined my life. I was not able to be a functional human. I was just in such chronic pain. This is when Dr. Briney says it might be something else. And that can happen. And that can be because of sometimes method of collection or sometimes you've been on antibiotics or you are on antibiotics and that kills off all the bacteria. Or there might be some sort of chronic inflammation that's going on there that are giving you urinary tract symptoms that feel like a UTI, but they're more related to chronic bladder inflammation as well. So, and these are often referrals that come through to the urologist and then we we work out as well what's going on. So then what happens then, and this is what 
um, happened to Amy, it's what's happened to me, is when you are not getting positive tests saying you have a UTI, like like Dr. Briney said, uh, that's when you need to do further testing. And that's when you get referred to a urologist or like someone like her. I've never been to a urologist. So what happens when you go and see one? When you see a urologist, we generally take a, a history because, you know, work out, is there any uh, timing that it's happening? Like, is it happening, you know, the next day after sex? Is it happening in relation to your menstrual period? Um, when are these things sort of happening? What treatments you've tried? And take a bit more of a, a history about that. Are there risk factors? Are there anything that could be causing a, um, or a complicated urinary tract infection? So anything that would, you know, are you getting kidney infections as well? Other things, How any other any other waterwork symptoms, so how well you empty your bladder. And then often the urologist will do various tests as well, so not just on the urine but also having a look at, at the anatomy of your kidneys and making see how well you empty as well. So while you're getting treated with your urologist, alongside that they might even say it's time to go into the pelvic floor because apparently – this is a huge reason why people can have recurring UTIs, which I did not know about. Neither. No, I did not know. Like we said, Lauren was the one that was like, babes, go see a pelvic floor specialist. And now you're going to see one next month. No, I'm seeing one. Wait. Oh, no, you're seeing urologist yeah, next, next month. month yeah. oh, it's a whole team. It's a village, guys. It takes a village. It takes a fucking village. Um, yeah, so a, a tight pelvic floor could be a factor as to why you're getting UTIs. And we spoke to Janetta Webb. She's a pelvic floor specialist. If you don't know what a pelvic floor is, here's her explaining. Okay, so the pelvic floor is sort of like a trampoline of muscles and it attaches underneath the pubic bone in the front, goes all the way in between your legs and attaches onto the tailbone and also side to side attaching sort of onto the inside of your bum bones or your sit bones. And then down through the pelvic floor goes the anus and the vagina, if you have a vagina, and the urethra, or just the anus and the urethra. So the pelvic floor supports your pelvic organs, but it also controls those passages. Uh, So, of course, the pelvic floor has to relax so that we can pee, and then it contracts gently again once we finish doing a wee. So my question is like, why is the pelvic floor involved in all this pain regarding UTIs? But for some people, if they've had a lot of pain in the areas that I mentioned before, it can actually cause the pelvic floor muscles to contract. You know, they're sort of going, youch, you know, in response to that discomfort. So, so when you're actually trying to do a wee, the pelvic floor muscles are contracting. And so you feel like you need to go, you get in there, but then you can't do anything or you feel that to get started or to get it out, you've actually got a strain. That actually makes so much sense because anyone who's experienced a UTI where you're sitting on the toot (laughs) and you are like burning to go, you're pushing, there's nothing there and you're desperate to wee, that actually does bring back traumatic memories. Yeah, I can see it on your face. But yeah, like, (laughs) like we were talking about earlier, we had a few of you tell us about how you've gone and got new urine tested so many times and it came back negative for UTI. Like you. Yeah. So this is where the pelvic floor could be causing an issue. So sometimes what can happen when you have recurrent urinary tract infections but then you've treated them and you don't have an infection any longer is that your nervous system becomes really sensitised. So the nerves sort of keep giving you this message 
of you've got pain or, you know, as your bladder's filling, it's getting uncomfortable or you need to go to the toilet frequently. And everyone's saying to you, it's okay, D, you don't have a UTI anymore, but you've still got these symptoms. So if your pelvic floor is contracting, as I mentioned before, that can further stimulate the nerves in the area and, um, you know, give you the feeling of, I constantly need to go to the toilet or, you know, it's really urgent to go. And then it's flicked over from it's no longer because you've got an infection, but it's now because you've got these muscles contracting when they should be releasing. So it just sort of further winds up or sensitizes the nerves. This is me at the moment, but if you go to your pelvic floor specialist, basically they'll they'll test you, they'll figure out what's going on with your pelvic floor some things are inserted, um, they'll figure out if it's too tight, whatever. They'll give you exercises to do. Yes, which, by the way, if you want to know one of them, I actually did a little video on our Instagram, at Triple G The Hookup. Uh, you probably have to scroll back a fair bit, but it's there. I'm sitting. What was that about again? I was doing, like, squeezing and, like, uh, activating oh. the pelvic floor, and you squeeze, like, your urethra, your vaginal opening, and your anus at the same time if you have a vagina. And if you don't, you just do your dick and <laughs> anus. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you can literally watch me teach you how to do that as a video. Obsessed. Go Love do that. that. Um, another thing that Janetta mentioned, which is what they might try and investigate with you at the specialist, is bladder pain syndrome, which can feel a bit like this. That's when your bladder is giving you messages. Um, it's often as my bladder's starting to feel, I'm getting increasing discomfort just above the pubic bone because, you know, the bladder's just in behind the pubic bone. And then also the other symptoms I mentioned before, I need to go to the toilet urgently. I need to go to the toilet frequently. When I get into the toilet and sit down, it takes ages before it'll start. Um, you know, maybe it stop starts or it's a bit of a trickle. Um, I don't feel completely empty. And, you know, unfortunately, some people just have, you know, constant bladder pain all day and all night. Um, which is, you know, really, really uncomfortable. But, uh, you, you know, it can, unfortunately, in this situation, uh, develop into what's called bladder pain syndrome. So in that situation, there are different types of medications that could be used. Um, so usually in this situation, you'd be referred to a urologist um, or a urogynecologist. So they're, um, you know, specialists. Okay, so this is what you were doing, right? Because one day, <laughs> Dee came into the office she was like, I've got to measure my piss for like 24 hours straight. And she had this like white thingy. It kind of looked like a little toilet that like kids use, I guess. A, a potty. Like a yeah. potty, like a porta potty kind of vibe. Yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to just, every time I peed, I had to keep a bladder diary and I would like measure how much, how long it took from the last time, how much water I'd consumed. And, I and got, the intensity, the urge. Yeah, the urge. Yeah. I got so competitive with it. <laughs> I was like trying to reach 800 meals every every time. And I got it so many times. And that was like the limit, like the highest amount you could pee was 800. And Wait, I was that a good thing? Was you, were you wanted to be I don't know. I, I feel don't like you, you just don't. wanted I just a good... wanted to get a good mark. <laughs> it says so much I remember me. asking you at the time, I was like, but do you want to be doing 800 every time? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels right. <laughs> just... Um, no, that was so funny, so iconic. I kind of wanted to do one too. No, Brendan did one. Really? Yeah, and my boyfriend. And they none of them, neither of them got um, 800. Wow. And I was like, champion, gold star, praise kink. P.S. Brendan is um, Dee's housemate. So oh, yeah. Gay best friend. Yes. Um, <laughs> we talk about him. I feel like he gets a name drop every now and then, but yes. in case you're just listening, you don't know. Okay, also, 
Another thing that it could be, if it's not a pelvic floor issue, it's not bladder pain syndrome, uh, it's not just your average UTI, it could be this whole other beast, which is something that can take years to to deal with. It's called embedded UTIs. Oh, it's not sound good. I know. Yeah. So this is when you have an embedded UTI. Basically what happens is some of the UTI gets left over or embeds in your bladder wall um, and then a biofilm like develops over the top. So it kind of hides it in there or like holds it in place so that every time your bladder gets irritated or you might have sex and penetration happens, it sometimes can release bits of the bacteria or it like triggers it and and your body thinks that you've got a UTI so it'll come up with the same symptoms as a UTI. It's it's just like hard to get rid of that bacteria and that's why it's kind of like a bit of a worst case scenario that you might have this. Here's Dr. Briony to explain explain it better. <laughs> Working out has this bacteria you know, has it been completely gone? Are we just dealing with inflammation of the bladder now, which we might be? There might not be bacteria there. It might be just your bladder has inflammation and then it's dealing with that. And often it's a prolonged process. So, you know, often it takes months for women to sort of get back on track with all of this, with all of the therapies that we're, that we're sort of putting on that. If, you know, someone is getting ongoing recurrent urinary tract infections, we do have other treatment strategies that we use. And that might be, you know, a a course of prolonged low-dose antibiotics, or it might be other treatments that would be instilled inside the bladder. These are sort of as we go up the treatment ladder, so to speak, um, these things might be recommended to you by your urologist. And, you know, certainly, as I said, there's no, there's no one-fits-all strategy with this. It comes down to a bit of trial and error and trialing various things. And if that doesn't work, then you move on to the next treatment for these. So something that you told us and also Dr. Briony backed is that you can take a low-dose antibiotic straight after sex to deal with it. So if you are feeling like that's going to happen to you, you can do that. But get your advice from your GP as always. I think my biggest regret with all of this is that I wish I didn't wait around to do something about it. When I first started getting UTIs, I think I went on like five rounds of antibiotics before I even did anything. It seriously took Lauren, who's on this episode, coming in to talk to us about something else to be like, babes, go get this sorted. Isn't that crazy? Like sometimes we take this job for granted so much and then you realize you're getting this like direct information from somebody and that advice from her could be, well, it kind of is life-changing for you. Like, 100%. you're getting on top of it now. So she's here to tell you listening as well. Mm. Do not wait until it's been five years. Don't wait for it to be six months even. Like, if you've had a month of pain, you've had a couple of weeks of really terrible pain, start to address it then. Let's not do the head in sands, you know, we're just going to pretend it's not happening, keep pushing through until eventually everything falls apart. You don't, everyone deserves a pleasure-filled life. You don't have to wait for it to be terrible to get help either. I know it's been a lot of bad news, but there is some silver linings. There could be some good news. A few people, one in particular got in touch with us, Haley. She said years and years later, her chronic UTIs just vanished. And then all of a sudden my UTIs just stopped. I don't know why, but I just haven't gotten one since probably end of last year, beginning of this year. It's been a while since my last one, which is the longest I've gone without having one since I was probably 18. And I just have no idea why. 
this is something apparently that's common. And Dr. Briney says it's basically when you've balanced everything out. So for people like Haley, she was on antibiotics for years. So she's basically calmed the infection down. Your body has like replenished its good bacteria. It's gone back to normal. And that's when you might just suddenly stop getting UTIs. So it feels good <laughs> to know that this in some sometime in the future might happen to me or to you listening. So don't get, you know, I know it's like a really hard thing when you're in it, but don't give up hope. Big breath. Big breather. It's really hard because obviously there's so much to cover. So I hope if you've listened and you'd be like, you didn't cover this, you didn't cover that. Um, We've honestly tried our best. And like always, please just go chat to your GP. Go find a really good one. That's so important. A lot of you said you had really shit experiences with GPs. Oh, my God, I know. Like just uh, astoundingly. Like you hear it anecdotally, but, yeah, just to hear it from you is really sad. But, um. Yeah, all the best with your UTI journeys. Keep us updated at Triple J The Hookup and suggest any topic that you want us to cover or any guests as well. Um, That's it for us. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.